edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcast from DLI from beautiful, amazing Chris, Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I'm joined, as always, by the number one jet fan in the state of Texas, none other than my colleague and co-host, Michael Lagaris, everybody. What's up, baby? What's going on, jet fans? <laughs> Mike, you look fired up. You see him down in the bottom right part of the screen. If you're, We're not doing oh. this live, right, Mike? Son, did you see that? You see that? Ghosts. What the hell? Did you see that? Paranormal activity happening in the Farrell house. Holy shit. Let's lock back in. Let's lock back in. You can't break me during the intro. You see him on the bottom right hand corner of the screen if you're watching on YouTube. The number one high school football coach in the nation today. My cousin, Sammy O'Hare. Sammy, what's up, man? Jet Nation. What's going on, everybody? All right, guys, a lot to talk about here coming off uh, the NFL draft. Maybe a little bit of a controversial pick in the first round for Jets. The Jets there, we'll get into that in a moment. Uh, Will McDonald, a lot of great things to go through. Titman, I know everyone loves that. The big giant bison head, Mike, who drafted a running back, a local guy from Brooklyn, New York. We're going to get into those three guys today. I think those are the guys that will affect the team the most next year. So, yep. Mike, we, me and Mike decided just to kind of go through those three picks today. We're talking about the whole draft, everybody, of course. But we're going to get key in on those three picks today, get to the rest of the picks next week, and the undrafted free agents next week. But let's go through, Mike. Let's get. I want to get your, in, in a general sense here, what your thoughts are on the draft. I saw a different range of grades here for the Jets. It seems like, Mike, when you look at how experts are analyzing our draft, for the most part, people are saying after the second round, because the first round pick – was a little controversial for some people. I know McDonald was the number 29 overall player on the PFF board. Um, maybe the, he was the fifth ranked defensive end. So I don't think it was that much of a stretch, but still a little bit of a stretch, Mike. But after that first round, most of the draft picks were graded pretty highly. And I think what people do, Mike, I, do you agree that how people kind of filter their view of your draft, they take that first round pick and it kind of colors everything else? Sometimes we want to look in the weeds because this second round through the seventh for the Jets, Mike has some charts that'll blow your mind with some of these picks. Um, the, the, the rest of the draft, Mike, a lot of value, a lot of really good athletic players for the squad. Overall, how are you looking at the draft, Mike? And what do you think about that first pick there at number 15? I think, the well, first pick we're going to get into, but I think the Jets have an identity. I think that Joe Douglas has shown his hand and what he's into. He says to the world my team is bigger my team is faster my team is stronger than yours he goes after athletic talent ability he goes after character team captains that's what he does and when you go ahead and look in this draft he didn't really go after need he went after what was the best talent on the board and then 
in the later rounds, he went with, what's my ceiling? You know, am I going to strike out? Am I not? Let me get cats that I think that can be the best in the game. And with that type of approach, ladies and gentlemen, let me just show you the Roz graph, which is raw athletic score. It's been going on since 1987, where there's a number of different metrics that uh, a uh, bunch of professionals put together to judge athletes to measure their raw athletic score. And the New York Jets and their picks in this draft were graded against all the rest of the picks and all the rest of the teams. And this is where the Jets graded out at the very top 91.3 average. Look at that, ladies and gentlemen. This is what Joe Douglas does. This is who the Jets are. He drafted Zach Wilson, guys. Remember that? And we all know, oh, it sucks. But he went for the home run. He's like, this. who could throw like this kid? Yeah. Right? He went after Makai Becton, the largest human human in the history of football. I mean, until Dwan Jones was drafted this year. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he, he swings big, and I, I can't hate that. I really can't hate that approach. So, to answer your question... I am happy with what I saw. We're gonna what's get your grade, it. Mike? What's your grade overall? What's your grade? What's Straight up grade. Yeah, I give it. A, I give it. A, I give it a solid B, bro. I give it a okay. solid B. I I I I, I don't okay. give it an A because there isn't that sauce, that Garrett, that player Brees that's going to immediately hit. There may be one, and I'm gonna go into the who I think that potentially could be. But I don't, I don't, I don't have a guy. I think that is immediately day one going to be crushing on the field, and that's what. And when I give an A, like last year, I give an A because impact immediate. Yeah. I give it a B because I think down the stream, a year, two years from now, this this class is going to be very fruitful, Heath. I got you. B seems like a, a, a good score, Mike. I think when you average out the first pick and the rest of the picks, um, maybe uh, Burns there, uh, Barnes there in, in with the 184th pick, people didn't get that to have a grade, but most of the other picks got about an A. Round a C or a C plus, B minus there for Will McDonald in the first round. Sammy, when you're looking at the draft as a whole, we're going to get into McDonald in a moment. Mike has a video package for us, and we're going to all talk about him. But just looking at the approach they had here, Sammy, uh, I have some uh, some statistics when we get into this first-round pick in a moment from the 2020 and 2021 draft, which are not very favorable for Joe Douglas. But his approach this year seems to be just to go for the best athletes. We did feel some holes here. But overall, Sammy, what are you thinking about the draft and what do you give the Jets as a grade here? So I think I would give it after like a little bit. Initially, I was like B minus, C plus. And then I did a little bit more of a deep dive into these dudes. And I'm going to give it a B plus. And there's a few reasons why, and we'll talk about McDonald. We'll talk about um, Titman, that big monster cat from Wisconsin. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so we'll talk about all those goons, but I give it the B plus because in an increasingly athletic league where you need size, speed, and athleticism just to keep up, um, I think he did a phenomenal job, like multiple, with all of his picks this year. Uh, Mike said it perfectly. He's going for leaders. He's going for athletes. But there's a purpose to that because he realizes when you look around the league on both yeah. offense and defense, every position has freak athletes all over the place. And you have guys who could probably play multiple spots on offense and on defense. So if you have dudes that you draft that can just keep up, 
play fast, play hard. And we know the Jets are all about depth. So if you have guys number one through six that are athletic freak monsters, well, then that other team's in a lot of trouble. Um, so for that reason, I give him a B plus because I think just drafting on pure athleticism, uh, just not even talking about the numbers yet, yeah. uh, I think I'd give him a, a little bit higher than I would that Michael gave. Yeah, man, when you look at some of the dudes we added, and we're going to get specifically into our boy Abanaconda, we're going to get into Titman, and we're going to get into McDonald in a moment. But when you look at the athleticism of all the guys, like Mike mentioned, man, they got Carter Warren from Pittsburgh, 6'6", 331. That's a guy that tore his knee up this year. If he would have went into the NFL draft last year, Mike sent me an article and I read it, and then I did a little bit more research when we drafted him. Um, he would have been probably a high second-round pick. This dude comes back to try to better his draft stock, and unfortunately, he gets injured and slides to us, man. That, that's a big value pick right there, man. I really like that pick a lot. Zach Kuntz, Mike, you mentioned the RIS. Oh, you were talking about the relative athletic score. He's oh, a guy we'll dig into deeper next week, but I couldn't even believe. I, I, look, I had never even heard of the kid. He went to Old Dominion, Mike. But 6'8", 255, he ran a 4.5540. You're talking about that RAS score, dude. He got a 10 out of 10, the highest in Ever. the history of the scoring system for a tight end since they've been keeping track of tight ends. That's over 1,000 tight ends they've rated, guys. 692 yards last year. Another guy, Mike, who tore his knee last year. So another guy the Jets are looking at, like, man, maybe we're going to get a kind of a buy-low um, guy here in the draft. I think Bernard Converse, they got the LSU cornerback. He plays safety most of his career. Guy ran a 4-3-9-40. Barnes, who I mentioned a moment ago, didn't get the highest rating as a pick, but got another guy, Mike, with a high athletic score there. So um, I think they did really good in the draft. I like the approach they had. I know they didn't necessarily – it seems like, Mike, besides maybe the first pick, there's no one else that you can say – was like a big stretch or a head scratcher. Um, they got a defensive lineman. They got an offensive tackle. They got a running back. They got a linebacker. Those are all needs. And they were all needs heading into the draft. And I think they were able to fill those things. And look, man, if you can get guys that are great athletes, like, like for instance, the running back we're going to talk about, um, some of those things, I'd rather have the amazing athlete that's pretty good at football but has to learn some technique right. than the guy who is not a great athlete but tremendous at technique, especially at those explosive positions. Right. Um, which it seems like we did here. But, Mike, let's get into this first pick. Before we do that, did you guys both see our boy Aaron Rodgers this week? Oh, At the Ranger game? At the oh, Nick yeah. game? I don't, I don't want to gloss over this because we all need to take a moment every week. We got the draft. I know we're hyped up, guys. We got to take a moment to take a breath and just experience this. Just, just, to, just to bathe in this. We've been waiting so long. I don't want, I don't want this to go by too fast, Mike. This Aaron Rodgers era here. I'm loving it all. His first week. I, Mike, I don't know if you saw the interview on Pat McAfee. Yeah. How excited this guy is? Yeah. Talking about I saw Martha Stewart, and I saw Alba, and I saw Patrick Ewing, and I saw Snoop Dogg all the game. I saw him all in five minutes. <laughs> You're not seeing them at the Bucks game. You it's not App- It's not Appleton, Wisconsin, brother. No. And, no, and I've seen him at the Ranger game, seen him at the Nick game. I don't know if you guys saw that, but he looks so comfortable and, like, just happy and just positive energy, positive vibes. Did you guys get a chance to see him? I know you're watching the Nick game, Mike, of course. You must have seen him on the big screen. But Boy, yo, he looks it? clean. He looks clean. He looks sharp. He looks bright. Like, he looks happy. He's chilling with the Jet team. Like, I, I again, I know this is a draft show, but, like, Aaron Rodgers, if I could give him a letter grade for his public, uh, uh, how he's handled all of the media and everything, it's yeah. a 10. It's a 10. All his comments, everything he's doing – I mean, he is killing it, showing up to camp, 
Like, yeah. I mean, he's doing everything but kissing babies. I mean, it's <laughs> it's incredible. I and you know what? He's a veteran, and he's and you know the other thing about Aaron, he's an intelligent guy. Like he is. You could say what you want about the psychedelic and all the vaccine and whatever people's political opinions yeah. are. The man knows who he is. Very not a lot of people know who truly they are. I'm not trying to get very psychological tonight, but I'm serious. He is very in tune with himself yeah. and confident in himself. And uh, one thing I, I loved on the McAfee show where they said, we want you to go out there and pitch at Yankee Stadium. He said, the Yankees haven't reached out to me, but the Mets have. I love that. And Mike, ne never make excuses for getting existential on the show. I always enjoy that when we go deep, deep into the mind of Mike. Deep. But Sammy, what are you thinking about Aaron Rodgers? Seems like he's enjoying himself here in New York so far, right? Yeah, I mean, him and Sauce went to the game together, which I yeah, love. And, and Sauce is on, and he's like, Aaron was just busting my chops the whole game. He was like, you're going to meet Jessa Alba. And Sauce Gardner goes, who's that? And yeah, he goes, exactly. He's like, oh, he, he didn't know. He That's know Dark Angel. Know. He doesn't know anything yeah. about Dark Angel. Rodgers is basically taking all these young dudes, and he's like, come here. Come on. Come, come on. on. Let me let show me, you. Let me show you the ways of the Jedi. Right, you brought yeah. up Aaron Rodgers as Master Yoda. He's basically like taking even even Zach Wilson. Like he asked him about, you know, how Zach goes on, and he's like, "I'm gonna make whoever comes in here's life hell." And Rodgers was like, "Well, I'm gonna make his life off the field heaven." Like this guy's hilarious. <laughs> uh, and he's, he's, he's willing to like mentor him, help him out, like do whatever he needs love to it. to get that kid ready too. I just love his this new mentality that he's got coming to the Jets. Yeah, it's tremendous. I'm happy to see it too, man. It seems like he's really happy. If you guys haven't seen it, uh, go check out that interview on Pat McAfee's show with Aaron Rodgers, man. Tremendous. Guy seems like he's really comfortable in his own skin here in New York. Any worries about how he'd handle it here? I think to Mike's point, um, so far, so good. We'll see what happens if the Jets go one and three, Mike. Uh, and see how yeah, the media treats you then and see how Aaron Rodgers likes them. But right now, we're in the honeymoon phase. We're in that honeymoon phase, baby. So I'm not going to look at it in any negative light at all with Aaron Rodgers. But um, a lot of positives here with Aaron Rodgers. We also signed an offensive lineman this week, Mike Billy Turner. Uh, play. He was Aaron Rodgers' right tackle from 2019-2021 with the Packers. Started seven games last year for – who wait, hold on a sec. I'll just cut this out, guys. Seven games last year for the Denver Broncos. So we bring him in, add some more depth to the offensive line. But let's get into these moves we made in the draft, Mike. And I know you got a little package here for our boy, Will McDonald, which I cannot wait to see. A little right. hype video. But in introducing everybody – to the number 15 pick, the newest New York Jet, Will McDonald. McDonald, the fourth from Iowa State. Yes, sir. He's like, damn, long praying mantis. That's who he is. There's really a lot to like. And again, I think just with this day and age in the NFL, with versatility and schemes and the way offenses are attacking, you know, these guys are valuable. I'm in love with this guy, man. I think he's a top 20 pick in the draft. I do. You know, I'm not going to say top 10. You know, the other guys, I said top 15. I think he's top 20. Uh, but somewhere between 10 and 20, I think that's where this guy Will McDonald IV, defensive end out of Iowa State. An experienced player at 24 years old, played more than 50 games in his collegiate career. Will's most productive years being the 2020 and 2021 seasons where he racked up double digit sacks in both years. He was named 
co-defensive lineman of the year and first team all big 12 in 2021. He possesses length, speed, and explosive burst, utilizing a quick step and a unique bend talent to win one-on-ones to get at the quarterback. He has excellent hands combined with feet and raw athletic talent, which shines a bright light for his future at the next level. My like the beat, everyone getting hyped with the Will McDonald hype package that Mike provided. <laughs> now let's get into the pick itself before I kind of get into what I think about it. I really like to hear Mike. Um, I know you were excited about this. The more you dug into it, you found a lot of positives when it comes to this guy. I know Sammy, you did also. Um, I wasn't the happiest with the pick in general, Mike, but when it comes to what the jet scheme is, what we're trying to do, how we're attacking the quarterback, et cetera. Um, I think you have a lot of way, you have a lot of information that maybe can you can shed on Jet fans that can maybe turn this into more of a positive pick, and at least it's been portrayed in some media spots. All right, guys. So I'm sure that many of you were not happy when the New York Jets pick Will McDonald with the 15th pick in the NFL draft. We know that we did have the 13th and swapped it with the Green Bay Packers. When the moment came. The Patriots went and screwed us intentionally. That is a fact, not an opinion. It is a fact. Belichick traded and he did it low enough so that the Steelers went in and took our boy, the 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 uh, Broderick Jones. That's what the Patriots do, and that's why my hatred from them burns eternally, forever. <laughs> but that's okay because what they did is they screwed themselves. Okay. See, when you're drafting in the first round, you can draft for need, but you have to draft the best available talent. And that is exactly what Joe Douglas and Robert Sala did here with the 15th pick. Now, when we talk about premium positions, there's quarterback, which is the most impactful position there is on the field. And the second most impactful position is taking away from the quarterback. And that is the defensive edge. That position, when you see a Joey Bosa and you see guys like uh, even the defensive tackle from the Rams who get after the quarterback and disrupt, that is extremely, extremely valuable. So if you're going to drop a first-round pick, you're going to go after a premium position like a cornerback, like a quarterback, like an edge. And that is a plus because Will McDonald – it's probably the most talented edge pass rusher in this draft. Now, I'm not saying he's the best at setting the edge. I'm not saying he's the best at, at run defense. I'm saying that attacking the quarterback specifically, specifically attacking the quarterback with your bend and your ability to break one-on-ones, he's the most talented there is. Guys, double-digit sacks 2020. And 2021. 2022, they moved him to D-line inside the five technique. And I'm going to let Sammy explain what the five technique is to all of you. Because when I say something like that, many of you are like, what the, what the hell is five technique? Okay? He was essentially right in front of the damn tackle. Not on the edge, on the outside. And when Salah drafted him, he's like, I'm going to put you at the seven, at the nine technique. And guys, that's way outside, okay? On the tight end, way outside. Bend in, 
okay? A great pass rusher that gets after the quarterback hits them within 8 to 10 yards back from the line of scrimmage. That's exactly what Will McDonald does. Guys, what what happened here is Salah said, okay, we lost our offensive linemen. What player on this board is going to give us the biggest impact? I know you could have said Tansy. I get it, at defensive line. I know we could have said JSN. But I think they said, you know what? We already have a deep defensive end position. Understood? But this kid... He's not going to go in there to set the edge. We're going to just put him on the weak side and let him fly. And that's why I really love this pick. Because the more and more I study about Will McDonald and what he did on the Cyclones, this dude is going to be an absolute monster on the outside. He's just going to stay weak side. Can you, Sammy, explain to our listeners, number one, what the, what, how they moved him from the nine technique to the five technique, what that difference is, and then explain to our listeners what Salah's plan is to do with him playing on the weak side at the nine technique. Yeah, so basically, like in college football, much like in high school football, you don't have that same lateral quickness with like the majority of your players. So you have to play a lot tighter defensively. So you're trying to crowd that line of scrimmage with your front seven. And then you kind of let everybody else branch out and you kind of man coverage, drop cover 30, whatever it is. But basically as the nine technique, you're playing more of like, if you're playing a four, two, five, that means you have a weak safety and a strong safety who are mainly like contain and pressure players. Right. And then you've got your five tech who's going to be outside shade or head up on that tackle. So basically he's the one who's your force player. So he's not looking to really rush the quarterback. He's more setting the edge and opening the other side of the field or creating enough opening for that nine technique to rush around him and get through to the backfield. So when you put him at the five, the four, the four inside, they played him at a four eye for some yep, reason. Yep. You, you take away like everything that makes him good, which is that bendability around the outside, you know? So by the Jets taking him and saying, you know what, we're gonna, because we have the lateral quickness and the size to like fill those gaps in the middle, we're gonna bump him out to text and let him literally play almost like a freestanding edge rusher position where he probably won't be down. Like you saw a bunch of the film where he's kind of down on the line of scrimmage. He's going to be upright in that kind of ready position. And he's just going like every play sort of like if for the Jeff fans out there, if you watch Huff go after it, Mm -hmm. just do what Huff does, but better. Like he, he's going to get after that guy every single time he's out there. And that's his only role. And I love that for him because you're doing finally what good coaches do. You're taking somebody who's great at one thing, and you're saying you're gonna go do this exact thing. For exactly, me. son. I know. That's why I love it, cause that's what he's great at, and that's what they're gonna use him for. Exactly. And to put Jeff fans at a little bit more ease, I got some crazy stats for his pass rushing abilities. Okay, so he had a total of 127 pressures in his career, and he had 35 sacks out of those 127. Yep. That's a pressure to sack rate of 27.5%. The league average was 16.1. Woo! Okay? 16.1. Then he forced out of those 125 tackles, he forced 10 fumbles. That's 8%. To put it in perspective, the average for edge rushers, 2.2%. That's sick. 2.2%. That's absurd. 
and then in true pass sets where there was no rollout, play action, uh, screen pass, all that stuff. So his pass rush win weight in 2022 out of 443 qualified players, 45.8%. 45.8% with a sack rate of 8.3. Like this dude is going to crush your friends. He's going to be a great player. He's And I love the depth pick because I think Lawson's out. I think Huff's out next year. Um, so we've got some guys leaving. He's going to fill that gap for us. And listen, let's be honest. Lawson didn't have the best year. Seven sacks. He didn't close the deal. McDonald could do that for us. So I think yeah. it's a tremendous pick for us in terms of putting pressure on. Listen, you're playing Josh Allen twice. You got Mahomes this year. You got Herbert this year. They knew what they were doing, you know? They knew what they were doing. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I hear all that. I think a lot of the criticism you're hearing from the media or people that didn't get the pick or people that rated the pick negatively, like myself, who didn't understand the the approach, is that last year they drafted Jermaine Johnson in the first round. They have Bryce Huff, who you just mentioned, Sammy. Very similar. Bryce Huff does the exact same thing, basically, like Sammy mentioned. Yeah. Bryce Huff does. They're going to be doing the same thing. Um, they drafted Michael Clemens last year, who was pretty good, Michael Clemens. Even though Carl Lawson maybe was disappointing last year, he wasn't that bad. And he's making $15 million. If he's going to be on the team or not, to be determined as of right now, it looks like he will be. So if he's making that money, he's going to be on the field. Then you have Jonathan Franklin Myers also who plays defensive end. So there's six defensive ends right there. And there's only X amount of plays to go around in a game. So as good as Will McDonald might be, like I look at like Chase Young, where he was like the number one or two pick, right? and had seven sacks as a rookie and has done nothing since then. I know he's had injuries and stuff like that. Like this position is such, it's a gamble. And to Mike's point, the you know quarterback, defensive end, offensive tackle, corner, these are the premium positions in the league. These are the positions you need to have good players at to succeed. I get that. So if you're going to take a pick that seems like a bit of a stretch, but he's the number one guy on your board, that's the position you do it at. Like, okay, so I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with that thought process. Just when I see the lineup in front of him and the players in front of him, or at least I shouldn't put it as in front of him, but just the guys that play the same position, they're going to be asked to do the same things. I have to think that they did this with a thought process that maybe they moved Jonathan Franklin Myers back on the inside because he's a tweener anyway. He's not really, he's kind of small for a defensive end, not that big for a defensive tackle, but we know he's a really good player. But he also has a pretty good contract, so... That is, my thought was, wow, man, like we have this window with Aaron Rodgers of the next two years, maybe longer than that, but let's just say two years, right, guys, is a guy who maybe could play only 20 snaps a game going to really help us next year, considering how many guys we have that play the same position that are already pretty good. Like Jack Campbell went a few picks later. Mike loved him. I mean, I think that would have helped us a lot more this year. If we got Kalijah Kansi and put him next to Quinn and Williams, and then we have Jermaine and we have JFM. I mean, that seems like that would be better for us overall. That's, that's my thought process. If we got Jackson Smith and we teamed him with Garrett Wilson, I mean, uh, even Miles Murphy, probably a more complete player than um, our boy here. But to your guys' point, when it comes to some of the positives, now you look at Will Anderson, he's 6'3", 253. His arm length was about 33 and 7 eighth. Our boy McDonald's 6'4", 239, 34, almost 35 inch arms which is ridiculous, like a praying mantis, like you heard your voice say, Mike. And the 40 times about the same. So when you look at the athletic scores, about the same, 34 sacks, you mentioned the position change. And I guess this is the only other negative, Mike, that I've heard people mention is that um, you take 
2021, 500 snaps. He had 11 and a half sacks, 45 QB pressures. Um, that's pretty good. Last year, more snaps, but only 25 pressures, five sacks, three QB hits. If the positional changes, why that happened, which you guys kind of detailed, that makes a little more sense. That was kind of one of the things that was sticking out to me, guys. Like, why did he have this production drop? You know, that's worrisome when you see that for someone that's that explosive for two years. Like, it almost seems like, what was Iowa State doing? Yeah, Campbell moved him inside. They get exotic with it, bro. I was looking at, I was listening to it, but the year before, he was Big 12, first team open. Like, yo, I get it. And I I feel your same, like, yo, what happened? But the more I dug in, they moved him inside. I don't know why Campbell did that, but... I get your I understand what you're saying. And if you want to know my my honest truth, I would have took Jackson Smith. That's what I would have done. Okay. But they got Randall Cobb. They they like Corey Davis. Okay. We got Aaron Rodgers. They think that this kid is going to be a problem. Okay. And 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 again, you guys remember Street Fighter when we were little? Remember that? And he had, like, well-balanced guys like Ryu. He had the uppercut and the Hadouken, right? And you had Guile with the sonic boom. And you had all these dudes. And then you had some cats that just were good at one freaking thing. Remember Zangief? Dude was, like, the worst at defense, everything. But his strength was preposterous. And if he got a hand on you, you were smashed. And I think that's Sala right now. Sala's like, F it. Give me the best pass rusher, and my pass rushing is going to be bet solely that no one is going to be. And he's got sauce in the back. Yeah. So when I look, I I got I got it. I, all right, you didn't get the tackle. Patriots screwed us. Fine, we're going to come kill your boy Mac. I think that's what he's thinking. I do like one other, like a couple other things. Notes on McDonald positives here that made me feel good when I was watching. Um, one of them is that you see. From his interviews, uh, you know, comments from his coaches, play, people he plays with, that he's one of those guys that wants to be great. Like, he doesn't want to be, I made the NFL, I made some money. You know, he, this is a guy that's motivated to be great. And almost every guy that becomes one of the greatest, what's the attribute they have in common is that they, they wanted to get there. They've been motivated their whole life to be the best. Whether or not Will McDonald's going to be the best edge rusher in the league ever is to be determined. But that's his goal. And I like to hear that. Also, Mike, um, he's motivated for other reasons. I know he has a picture of his brother he wears at every game. His brother passed yep. away a few years ago. So this is someone that's coming in with a bit of a chip on his shoulder to uh, to really make things happen. So, look, I might not have understood the approach just because of the position and what's going on with Aaron Rodgers, man. Maybe there was some players there to me that could have helped us more this year. But, look, man, if this kid goes out and he's a stud, he said he wants to be 250 by the time the year starts. Yeah. That'll change things. So they talk about him setting the edge, and maybe that's not his best attribute. Um, if he puts on 10, 15 pounds, and he's still as fast, I mean, his size isn't going to – his arms are going to be just as long, right? So he'll be just as athletic. I mean, you can look up some of the things on the internet. He does, like, some of these dunks. He was a great basketball player. Some of the dunks he's done, backflips off the wall. He jumped over a car, which he said he now won't do anymore. He's an NFL player, but a freak athlete in a lot of ways. Just just kind of like – it seems like that's the direction we went with a lot of these picks, Mike, and – um, I hope it does turn out to be a great pick. I hope he helps us this year. We have a lot of good quarterbacks in the division. So I, I don't think uh, having as many good defensive ends as possible can hurt you. And one other positive, Mike, is if he's in a room with that many good guys at his position, he's going to have to earn his reps. That's right. 
you know? So if he wants to be on the field, I don't think if you're Jermaine Johnson or Michael Clemens and you see that the Jets just drafted a guy at the same position you play, I mean, they're motivated now probably even more. So that's, yeah. I think it has a trickle-down effect. Um, that could be a yep, lot of problems. Yep, yep, yep. You want to get into the second-round pick, the big Yeah, player? man. I haven't even watched what you put together. I'm excited. Let's let's see it. Let's take a look. Pick one. In the uh, 2023 no, NFL draft, the New York Jets selected Joe Tipman, center, Wisconsin. Tipman was a two-year starter for the Badgers at center, anchoring an offense that ran for nearly 2,400 yards in 2022 and 2,700 yards in 2021. The six foot six, 315 pound former Indiana Mr. Football has a rare combination of size and speed with a great bend radius to neutralize defenders at the point of attack. His 1.65 time on the 10 yard split, 635 pound squat, and 455 pound bench press confirms that he is an explosive athlete and has some staggering metrics for somebody his size. He is a fluid blocker who can pull out wide and easily make adjustments to move in targets in space and is known for a high football IQ that helps him excel in all blocking schemes. Tidman also has a mean streak, often dumping blitzers on the ground using his upper body strength. Pro Football Network described Tidman as a six foot six. 315-pound menace who mauls defenders on the interior line. Possibly the best center in the 2023 draft, Tipman projects as either a center or guard in the NFL and has long-term jet written all over him. Get yeah. your Joe Tipman jerseys now, people, because I think that mullet and Joe Tipman is here to stay for a very, very long time. That was excellent. Joe Tipman, Michael... That the past excellent. two seasons, 590 passing snaps for the Wisconsin Batchers. Joe Tittman gave up one sack. One sack our boy gave up, okay? Now, you know his strength is the is the run game, the run blocking, but one of the intangibles I love to see, and we'll go through them here, Mike, and I want to hear what both of you guys think about the pick, the smartest offensive lineman in the draft. Which I loved it. Would you love to hear with a specimen, 6'6", 315, Benching 455 like a big monster. Has the excellent feet. Seems like a great scheme fit here, guys. Athletically, absolutely tremendous. The number one setter on NFL.com. You can also play guard if needed. I mentioned this to Mike. If they go into the season next year, and I was going to throw this at you too, Sam. If they go into the season next year and Becton isn't a thing. Let's act like Becton's going to get hurt again, right? They could slide Elijah Vera Tucker to tackle. Play Sitman at guard. and still have McGovern play center. Tomlinson's the other center, and we're still good to go. I think versatility is a lot of the lot of the one of the main attributes. Uh, it seems like uh, Joe Douglas likes in his offensive lineman. Mike, what did you think when they saw them draft this big monster? I know it's not a tackle, but offensive line help in general is what they need. McGovern was okay last year. He rated out okay on PFF. They just signed him back for pretty much almost a league minimum. So getting a specimen like this in here to team with an Elijah Vera Tucker. And a Tomlinson and Dwayne Brown and affected next year. We also drafted another tackle as the draft went on here. Mike, what'd you think about the pick? You think it was a smart move going ahead and grabbing this kid? Home run pick. Um, it was a position of need. And we've been talking about center since we lost our boy. I mean, between Kevin Mawai, uh and and Nick Mangold, <laughs> we've been waiting. We, we were spoiled for years. And wait, wait no more, Jeff fans. You have your center for the next decade. That's exactly what I thought the moment they picked him, and I was super excited the moment they did because 
I think Sammy, uh, Keith, and when we were talking through um, our mocks, Tipman was somebody that, you know, we had brought up. I didn't mock him, but he was definitely somebody I was considering at the center spot. We were talking about that, you know, at the back of the, the first round, beginning of the second is really the sweet spot. And that's exactly what happened here with the with the New York Jets. They got the best center prospect out there. I mean, you could have said that John Michael Smith, who I did love, yeah. was better, but he's older. Uh, yeah. Titman's younger and more athletic and larger and has a higher ceiling. And I think that he also has that versatility who he could play at guard. If he wanted to, he could even play a tackle at six, six. This guy's a monster. I'm this, this pick is huge. It's so big because of the health of the offensive line. And he's not going to be just blocking for Aaron Rodgers. He's going to be blocking for the 2025 quarterback which could be Rodgers or could be whoever the Jets end up having. But the, he's the future. He is one of the foundation pieces like the Garrett Wilsons and the Sauces and the Brees Halls. Right, guys? He is going to be like AVT. He is the core piece. That's exactly my thought the moment we picked him. And I was really excited when we did. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Mike. It seems like he could do a little bit of everything. Sammy, he has he's not gonna play tackle with me. He has the massive wingspan in a pinch. You could probably throw him there because he's so big. Um, coached by Jason Fabini since he was in elementary school. So a former Jet, a legit NFL player, has been advising him, coaching him this whole time. Former Mr. Football as a as an offensive lineman? I mean, you just you don't hear that. There's gotta be I don't know what was going on in Indiana that year, but um, I love all the intangibles you hear about him. I know one of the things they say because he's so tall. Um, is he has to maybe work on the pad level, Sammy, getting it a little lower. He's six foot six. Maybe he's a little bit too upright. Um, he leads with his helmet, Sammy. I, I read that, that he leads with his helmet, which leaves his framed open for blockers to get underneath him. Is that a problem if you're center and you're six foot six? You got to be an issue in the NFL at all? Um, I think it could be, but I think that's something easily fixable. Like the guy's super athletic. It's not hard to coach him out of that. Um, and let's be honest, like he was getting coached by the legend Fabini for fifth <laughs> grade to his senior year of high school. Like, hey, you're learning from one of the best tackles that, that played on the Jets. And he's teaching you for six years, seven years, right? Yeah. Um, I, personally, I love a big center. My center in high school is the biggest lineman I have. Oh, I nice. love a big center. Because nice. you've got to eat that dude in the middle almost every mm. play. And the fact that he's highly intelligent I know they always say the left tackle is the anchor. Uh-uh. It's the center. The center right. is the anchor of every offensive line. He's the guy communicating, calling out blitzes. He's the dude setting up blocks pre-play. That guy needs to be the smartest dude on your offensive line. So I love this pick. And I love his sort of like, he's got the mullet, but his attitude's my favorite. He was he was interviewed. He said, I'm a physical, dominant, and athletic player. <laughs> he just left it at that. He's I like, love it. He was like, I'm physical, dominant, and athletic. And he is. 6'6", big monster. To add the stat line you said, right out of those 590, one sack, he only allowed five pressures. Yeah, so one that's sack, unbelievable. That's unbelievable. unbelievable, you know? So, in talks about, I mean, Aaron Rodgers got to feel nice and safe now, right? Um, like you said, if we have to move, I'd rather see a move McGovern, to be honest, and take yeah. the hit at guard and keep him yeah. at center. Yeah, that, that probably makes sense too, Sammy. You know, but I, you I know really, now, that, now that you just said that, that Morton, because he's played guard McGovern, that's probably more likely what they would right. do if they got in a pinch. But and you, you, look, and you could sandwich him between Brown or AVT, and then you like yeah. kind of make up for that, you know, yeah. um, whatever weaknesses he has. 
but this is a home run pick. I don't understand. Like, this is great. I can't wait to watch him play for the next 15 years. Yeah. You know? like, yeah. This is a guy, man, like we said, too, man. He's bench pressing 455. I know he did 30 reps of the 225. He has the bend mic, which you always talk about. They were talking about his bend, which is tremendous. Um, and the the pass blocking is great, too. I know he's going up against defensive tackles. It's not defensive ends. But he's going to give up five pressures in the one sack. That's pretty good if you're playing at Wisconsin. You're playing in the Big Ten. You're playing against a beast every single week out there, guys. Um, I was really excited for this, man. Now, if you think about it, next year they're going to be back a healthy Dwayne Brown. They'll bring back Max Mitchell. Becton, we'll see what the story is. They, they signed Billy Turner. They drafted Carter Warren. Um, they have Tomlinson still. They have ABT. They have McGovern. They have, they have Tittman. So this is probably the deepest offensive line we've had in – I can't remember. I mean, last year we thought the line would be really good because of injuries and a few things. Maybe it wasn't as good as we thought it would be. Um, I think next year they have the, the, the players in place to really excel at the offensive line and at the run game or at when it just comes to pass protection. Cause it seems like this guy is pretty good at pass protection also. And, and all these guys are pretty versatile too. So it seems like we have some options here. Um, you know, if there is any injuries, cause I mean, last year and the year before too, we were just, we we're just pulling guys off the scrap heap to play offensive line yep. at the end of the year. Um, yep. If you're this deep and you get young on the offensive line, that can't hurt you. Max Mitchell will be back healthy next year. Like I mentioned. So I'm excited, man. I thought this was a great pick. And when I saw him, Sammy, I saw some of his interviews uh, the kid has a good personality too. Seems like yeah. he's really funny. Like he seems like a sharp kid, of course, but um, seems like someone that's going to be a fan favorite. He he sure. was he was the pick I was most amped of until yeah. you started talking to me about this next guy. Oh, Abanaconda from Brooklyn, New York. Mike, play the package. Let's get into our boy here, Israel Abanaconda. Forty third pick of the two thousand twenty three NFL Draft. The New York Jets selected Israel Abanaconda, running back. Pittsburgh. Abanaconda is a New York product. Attending Abraham Lincoln High School in Brooklyn, New York, and being named Gatorade Player of the Year for New York State in his senior season before deciding to attend Pittsburgh. Izzy had a massive 2022 season, which saw him lead all of Division I college football in rushing touchdowns with 20 and finish seventh in total yards with 1,805. The former track champion. Abanaconda has absolutely blazing top end speed and good size at 5'11", 216 to help in those early down situations and grind out tough yards as well. He has shown good escapability in tight quarters and uses jump cuts to elude backfield pressure as good as any running back in the draft. After taking over the starting role week two, Izzy ran for 100 yards in nine of the next 10 games including a record-breaking 320-yard, six-TD performance versus Virginia Tech and 154 yards versus Tennessee. Abanaconda did not attend the Combine, but absolutely shined in his pro day, posting a 40-time in the mid-4-3s, a vertical of 41 inches, and a broad jump of 10.8 feet. His 40-time, vertical leap, and broad jump numbers from his pro day would have placed him first in all of those categories at the Combine for running backs. Abanaconda could be a late-round steal and big contributor for Gang Green in 2023 and looks like a prime candidate for major work to start the season if Brees Hall is not back by week one. That that was just so good. Mike, that, 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 that was so good, Keith. I got to... I gotta give it now, to you, brother. I appreciate that. Now, wow. There's a common theme. Obviously, it's a highlight package. So you're only gonna see the best runs, but a common theme in that highlight package right there, Michael, 
a guy who had 20 touchdowns last year, was <coughs> him running and no one else being in the screen by the time he finished the run, right? You saw that, right, guys? I did. Multiple times there. No one's on the screen anymore because you can't catch up to the kid. And like I mentioned in the video, uh, we're going to get into some of the other metrics, but if he, if he went to the combine, his 40 time, his vertical, his broad jump would have been first across the board. Faster than Gibbs. You know what I'm saying? Longer broad jump than our boy B. John. Athletically, at least, he would have scored higher than all those guys. I'm not saying he's a better running back. <coughs> Sorry, guys. I'm not saying he's a better running back. There's places he needs to improve. But, Mike, this kid's out of Brooklyn, New York. Abe Lincoln Academy over there on the Ocean Parkway. Um, one of the reasons I think he slipped to the fifth round, he needs to improve the pass blocking, Mike. He only really has the one year as a starter. Has to work on the run discipline. I think he's so fast that what you saw a lot and one of the other critiques of him is he kind of gets ahead of himself. He's hurrying himself into blocks instead of letting the play develop. Those are all things that someone who's only 20 years old, he's only 20 years old. These are all things that he needs to learn and can learn um, with, with a little bit of NFL experience. But he led the led the nation last year in touchdowns, Michael. Absolutely ridiculous top end speed, like we said. Maybe he has to work on a few things when it comes to just pacing himself a little, but 320 yards last year versus Virginia Tech, that's when I started hearing about him. I was like, who the hell is this guy? Broke 20 door sets record. He tore up Tennessee as well. Nine of the 10 games he started last year, he ran for 100 yards. I mean, he basically was the offense there in, in Pittsburgh. And I knew about him. I knew he was a good player. But until we dug in here for the draft, I did not realize how talented he was, how good he was statistically last year. I think if Brees Hall is not back by week one, which which is a possibility here. I know he got injured the middle of the year. He's a beast. He could potentially be back. But even that first year, Mike, the first year back for guys, like Saquon, remember? The first year back for a lot of these guys, they're not 100 again. Um, this is a guy that is <laughs> comparable athletically to Brees Hall. <coughs> Maybe he doesn't have the feel for the position to the same level, but this could be a home run pick, Mike. I think this is someone, I think Joe Tittman next year, if you rank the picks and he's going to be the biggest contributors, I think Joe Tittman will be the most important rookie next year on the squad, Mike. I think this kid's going to be number two. And I think he's someone that's really going to help us out in the offense. I know maybe the passing game isn't something that he didn't utilize or wasn't utilized a lot at Pittsburgh. If you look last year, they didn't throw the ball a lot to the running backs at all, but when they did, he had only 12 catches, beat 146 yards. So when they threw the ball to him, it's not like he didn't do something with it. I saw a critique of him in the passing game, and you can't throw yourself the ball, right? So, um, you know, the zone scheme that we run, he's going to be good at it. It's what he's good at. He's great at the jump cuts, Mike. So I looked, Mike, and when you dug into the metrics, look, there's, way, there's places to improve here, but the running back position has changed. It was really strange to me that two running backs went so high in the draft this year. I think Brees Hall is as good as either of them, and he went last year in the second round. Yep. You never know, Mike, what's going to go. And I think that's the only reason that Abanaconda went where he went. The position has changed. The view of the position has changed. This same talent with this skills and this production in college 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I think he's going to go in the second round. Things have changed a little bit, so we got him here in the fifth, Mike, and I think it's a tremendous pick. I think it's a tremendous pick because when you look at what Aaron Rodgers is used to, he has a powerful running game. When you look at Nathaniel Hackett and what his offense preaches, the West Coast offense, they have strong running games. Go go ahead and look at the 49ers. They were always picking running backs in the fourth and fifth round. Guys like Mostert, and you're like, who the hell is this human? And this guy is running for touchdowns, right? And Abanaconda, I mean, I wasn't really up to speed with all of the metrics and everything that he did. And then I went and saw that he scored six touchdowns against Virginia Tech and had 300-something yards and broke Eric Dickerson's rushing. 
record, I was like, excuse me, and he's from New York? Nigerian-born son or second-generation Nigerian? Yeah. Woo! Track star, athlete, beast, captain. Yo, bro, 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 bro. You're going to bring this cat in. You're going to have Brees. You're going to have Aaron. You're going to have Garrett. Son, this offense. Like, I don't, I, I'm not trying to get super hyped. Like, I can't help it right now, son. Like, some think of the speed we have right now. We got Miko Hardman, 4-3 speed. This cat, 4-2 speed. Brees, 4-2 speed. Garrett, 4-4 four, four speed. Bro, oh, my word. Mike, they're going to figure out Aaron Rodgers and Hackett. They'll figure out ways to get this kid the ball in space. That's just the way it's going to be. Yeah. I mean, they're going to figure out a way to get this kid the ball and really get grinding and get him some open space where he can just run because he's that fast. I don't know if they're going to use him in the in the um, the return game or anything like that. I hope they don't. But, man, it does seem like as we go through all these picks, there is that common theme. The athleticism is just ridiculous. Like I mentioned, unofficially, and you guys can go look, sportsillustrated.com. I mean, that's where I got this from, guys. That's a pretty yep. good yep. pretty good course. Uh, I just want to say one thing, Mike. Unofficially, his second or third attempt on sportsillustrated.com, they said his 40 time was a 4-2 step. Unofficial. I'm not saying that. If you go Google it up, it'll stay 4-4 for him. Unofficially, he ran a 4-2-7. just want to throw this at you. Sammy, the other guys at the combine that ran anywhere near a 4-2-7 was um, a running back from Texas A&M who was 188 pounds at the fastest 40 time. Devin Achaney. Gibbs from Alabama had a 4-3-6. Sammy, he's 199 pounds. Um, Keaton Mitchell from Eastern Carolina had a 4-3-7. He's 179 pounds. Everybody else that ran this level of speed is sub 200 pounds. This kid's 217. You know what I'm saying? Almost six feet tall. So I, even, Sammy, wouldn't you? I know they, they say there's some refinement here to be done with him, but he's only 20 years old. When you have this level of athletic skill, right? And you've seen the production now in college, Sammy. Would you not rather have someone like this that you can mold and teach the techniques and stuff um, than opposed to another running back that maybe, I know there was other guys ready to hire, don't get me wrong. But athletically, they're not in the ballpark of this kid. Yeah, I, I love this kid uh, for multiple reasons besides the top end speed, right? I think he can be really productive because he's a guy who's going to, I think, almost immediately put out Michael Carter, to be honest with you. Yeah. Like, I think he's he's second in my mind, Brees Hall now. And he gives you that, like, like Michael Carter is the same height. Like, they're both 5'11". He's, like, 30 pounds heavier than Michael Carter. True. Um, and he's got that 4'2", 7'4", 3'3". This kid is going to be unbelievable. And you know he's going to show out. He's a Brooklyn native. And he's got the dopest name on the Jets right now. Okay? A Panaconda, the Anaconda, baby. Let's go. Let's go. And we got to do with the dopest name for Brooklyn. Come on. Listen, this team, the athleticism on this offensive squad is unbelievable. You go out, you get Lazard. You get Hardman. You get this kid. You get Titman. You basically have said, listen, Rodgers, we're all in, baby. We're going to we're all in, baby. We're trying to win this. We're trying to Freaking win this. Go. If you can just, if you can, like, all of the Jeff fans in unison pray for Makai Becton to now. Oh, oh, oh. Can, can I, pray to, to can I say something? Can I, can I say something? Can I say something, please? Because what you're saying, Sammy, I just had a conversation with Keith about. I said to Keith. The most important player on the New York Jets in 2023, the most consequential player in 2023 is Makai Becton. If Makai Becton is great, 
if he is the guy we drafted, Sammy, we have a beast at the front line with Tipman and AVT and adds that value for Brees, Anaconda, Rodgers, and takes this team to Super Bowl levels. I'm being real. Okay, that, that's how consequential it is. Okay, all Jeff fans in unison to pray for this man because if he comes and plays and it's him, AVT, Tipman, Lakin Tomlinson, and Dwayne Brown, that offensive line is scary big, yeah, that's scary. scary athletic. They can play wherever there's a weakness. We can just move a guy. Yeah. We're just, hey, you're going to play here now because this guy's not playing well. And then on the outside, you've got that presence of in downfield pressure, you've got big red zone threats. And you've got a dude in Anaconda. I love that, Mike. That's what we're going to call him from now on on the show. Anaconda. Who <laughs> finds the end zone. And yeah. that's a that's a skill in itself. Just getting in, that ball into that end zone is a yeah. huge skill. That's a huge pickup. That's a that's something that you can't really evaluate on like ESPN and stuff. They're not going to evaluate that talent level of just finding that red zone. Right? But that's super important. 20 tees in the season is huge. Getting a guy who's going to have that nose for it is huge. And the compliment Brees Hall, who's going to bust you down and bruise you up all game, phenomenal. Yeah, no, I love it. You guys, imagine next year if Becton is killing it, like Mike said, at right tackle. And you have Elijah Vera Tucker at right guard. And it's like third and two, and they pull Joe Titman to the right. And those three, and they have a they have a fullback in, or maybe they even have Koontz out there on the right too at the end of the line. Six, like, there's there's gonna be problems for other teams. We're like, we're showing up like they always have that thing, Sammy. Like the team, you know, you play a high school team, they get off the bus and they like have the all giants and they look scary. When the Jets bus shows up, <laughs> our team's scary looking. We have just giant Vikings, like Lord of the, we know like my Game of Thrones when the big giants came from above the wall. That's the yeah. cat we're bringing, son. That's the catch we're bringing now. Remember they rolled up? The wildlings with the army and the big giants came. Just And you were like, oh, they got giants. They have giants on their team. That's what we're messing with, man, right now. You know what other thing I like to say, man? Like, I know all of us here are born in New York City. One of the five boroughs. I was born in the Bronx. Mike's queen. Sammy's in the Bronx. And when you see someone who's from Brooklyn, when you see it and he's born here and he's going to play for here. the Jets, we don't get that a lot. You know, no. so I think he's gonna have a built-in. That's in, the New Yorker right there, baby. That's what I'm saying. He's gotta have a built-in, just a built-in love. You know, yeah. maybe a little bit more patience than that we would have, knowing he's yeah. from where we're from. And like I said, Manny, the fastest you would have the fastest four times if you ran the combine. I know Chase Brown out of Illinois has really shot up the boards because his combine was nuts. He had the highest vertical at 40 inches at the combine. Guess what Izzy's was? 41 inches. You know what I'm saying? Um, Chase Brown also had the longest broad jump, 10.7. Guess what Izzy's was? 10.8. So our boy is just, if he went there, it's a wrap. Everyone in the world would know that. I'm happy he just did a pro day. Maybe not as publicized. Only I think only six teams went to his pro day. So um, great job by the Jets, man. We're going to get into the rest oh, of Oh, I can't picks. wait. I can't wait to get into other picks, bro. The undrafted phrases to get into. Carter uh, Warren, that'll be a fun one to talk about, Mike. Um, Zaire Barnes, we got Bernard Converse, we got Zach Koontz, all those guys. We got a whole bunch of undrafted free agents. A ton of linebackers we brought in. Underside linebackers, which seems to be kind of what we go for here. Barnes is the same thing. I think Barnes is 6'1", you know, 225 or something like that. But we're going to get into all the other picks next week. I knew We knew 
this show would take about an hour just to go through those three guys. We, we just chose those guys. They're probably the most impactful next year. Barring an injury, hopefully, hopefully Carter Warren, Mike, won't have to play next year. That's not what we want. You know, we don't want him playing next year. We hope all the guys we just mentioned will be balling out. But he does have the size, 6'6", 331, like you mentioned. But overall, I think the draft was pretty good. I think they got a lot of value here. McDonald's, you know, his ceiling is ridiculous. Um, people can judge just like I did. Maybe wish we went in a different direction. But if he's everything that Mike said he was, um, could be, and Sammy mentioned, then look, man, he's going to be helping us right away. And that's a position you can invest in at all times if you want to be a good NFL team. So, Michael, I think we pretty much covered everything here, right? We did. We did. All right, cool, man. If anyone wants to get at us next week, Mike, in any way, shape, or form. Oh, excuse me. Hold on. We're recording this. Oh, Michael. If anyone wants to support us in any way, shape, or form, how can they do that? Oh, man. You, YouTube, like and subscribe. Really appreciate it. On Facebook, we're at AEBG.JetsRadio. On Twitter, we're at ABG underscore NYJ Podcast. And on Instagram, we're at Jet.AEBG. You heard the man on behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Agaris, and the number one high school football coach in the nation today, Samuel Hare. My name's Keith Farrell. Good action next week, everybody. Peace out.